Hi everybody, I'm Josh. And I'm Brett. If you're looking for a different horror podcast, one that stands out from the rest... Well, don't look here. (laughs) Absolutely not. Every week we talk about our favorite horror movies and some of our favorite aspects of those horror movies. So that's something that interests you? Check us out. The only thing that sets us apart is that it's us. So if you like the sound of our voices... Check us out at the Evil Desk Podcast. Wherever it is that you find podcasts. Hey everybody, and welcome to Twisted Tales. Just a quick little uh, short and sweet segment of uh, some serial killers, missing people, murders, all that fun stuff. So, just going to give this to you best I can, and um, you know, thanks for listening, subscribing, whatever. I appreciate you. Take care. Hey guys, it's your host, Deep Coats. I just wanted to give a warning of uh, actual shark death appears in this movie, uh, Mako, The Jaws of Death. I don't go into great details about what it actually looks like, but just a heads up that that does happen in the movie. So if you don't want to watch the movie always, that's fine. Um, But if you don't want to listen to this episode, that's okay too. I totally understand. And back to the episode. I'm a sea king, a CGI thing. I'm here to eat and bare my teeth and shake a tail fin. A bikini babe, catching a road wave. A big surprise, I'm gonna rise and flash my tooth cave. All the buff dudes, safe on the beach food. They're gonna need a bigger boat and bears real soon. I'm a sea king, a CGI thing. I'm here to eat and bare my teeth and shake a tail fin. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bucket of Chum, the Shark Movie Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Steve Coates, and we are starting off Retro November with Mako, The Jaws of Death, directed by William Greffay. And this episode is dedicated to one of our other patrons, Benji Irwin, also a longtime friend. We watched this movie one night, very intoxicated. I didn't remember a whole lot about it, but I did remember a little bit, so it was nice to revisit it. With somewhat more sober eyes, of course. So I've decided for all of Retro November, I'm not really going to do poster expectations because it doesn't really fit into uh, the way the posters were made back then. uh, At least not in my opinion for what the movies are. So um, I might describe some of the posters because some of them are kind of cool. But mostly I'm just going to give some uh, trivia and behind the scenes uh, interesting facts or things that I thought were interesting. So I actually watched this movie on Blu-ray. It was part of an Arrow set called He Came From the Swamp, which was a bunch of movies from this guy called William Graffay, just kind of like an indie guerrilla-style filmmaker. This one was really interesting to me. So just some trivia on it, that uh, William actually came up with the story way before Jaws, but could only get financing after Jaws became a commercial success. So before Jaws, like he couldn't get anybody to finance this movie, but then after Jaws, suddenly everyone's like, oh yeah, we'll give you money for sure. They used all real sharks in the movie, so there's no, um, you know, fake sharks by any means. And as mentioned in the warning, of course, that does mean that we do see uh, dead sharks, real ones. William Griffey actually had experience with underwater and shark photography because apparently he did some work on the James Bond movie Live and Let Die. 
and he did some of the uh, shark or like the whole uh, shark sequence in that movie. So that's that was pretty cool. I did not know that. I learned that from watching the uh, intro on the Blu-ray. So uh, that was uh, very interesting. I actually really recommend watching uh, the Arrow video intro because uh, he describes how this film was a nightmare to make at some point. So it's an interesting watch. So if you can get a hold of it, uh, I highly recommend it. We open underwater following a tiger shark, and we get the title card that reads, The producers wish to express their sincere gratitude to the members of the underwater crew who risked their lives to film the shark sequences in this motion picture without the benefit of cages or other protective devices. So, yeah, anytime you see someone swimming with a shark in this movie, they are there actually swimming with a shark. There were no cages used or anything, uh, which is just insane. So that's one of the reasons I really enjoyed this movie because we do get quite a bit of footage actually upon rewatch. I didn't realize how much we actually got again, because I was pretty intoxicated the first time I watched this. So yeah, didn't really remember all of it. We see three fishermen on a boat. They're shark fishing and one gets on the hook and they reel it in. And the guy reeling it in is like this bubbling fucking dumbass. So one of his friends takes over. Underwater, we see someone in scuba gear approach the shark and cut the fishing line. He then swims with the sharks for a while. The boaters see this diver come up and they tell them there is sharks in the water and to get away. The captain goes on to tell him it's dangerous around there with all the sharks and uh, they offer to drive him back to shore. One of the fishermen looks at the line and realizes that the shark didn't bite through it, but it was cut and they realize that it was this diver because they can see like the fucking bolt cutters or not bolt cutters like wire cutters on his belt. So this diver picks up a pole used for like grabbing rope out of the water or some shit and he knocks one of the fishermen in the water and he's immediately attacked by a shark and we see like the blood fill the water as the man like struggles and again these are all real sharks they use so there's people actually interacting with them it's fucking wild. The diver continues to fight the other men on board and knocks one of them off and he's attacked again and then he finishes the rest of the guys off and he gets back into the water and swims away. And now he's just swimming with like three or four sharks. And then we finally get the title card, the jaws of death. We get a bunch of footage of the diver swimming with the sharks, even holding onto their fins as they drag him along, clearly showing the sharks and this man are like no real threat to each other. It's just funny. Cause like the captain on the boat's like, Oh my God, it's so dangerous with all the sharks. And this dude's like, motherfucker. I swim with sharks. The diver gets on his boat and he takes all his gear off and he returns to the boatyard. He sits down at the counter of a diner or something like some sort of small restaurant that's off to the side of this marina or whatever. And the man behind the bar gives him a meal and a beer and then tells him he has something for his friend. The diver, whose name is Sonny Stein, is out, is back out on his boat now. He was uh, he's back and forth between land and fucking boat, whatever. He pulls up to a dock and throws some rope to some men to tie him off. And he just like really aggressively throws it at these two. Um, but later on, we learn that these two are like real fucking douchebags. So I really don't have a problem with this. At first, I was like, whoa, dude, that's super aggressive. These guys are assholes. It's fine. And then a douchey sounding dude approaches him on the dock and he asks Stein if he's uh, considered their offer and what it would like mean to science. It would just mean such a great deal. He then says no one has ever filmed the birth of a wild shark before. And Stein says he has seen it before so he can just tell him and then he can go and tell his people and that'll be it. So it sounds like Mr. Whitney or Dr. Whitney or whatever they want to call him is trying to get Stein to agree to capture a shark and film it giving birth. And I 
guess in this scientific community, it's contested as to how it happens. That's just me piecing this together. And it's like, okay, well, when a boy shark and a girl shark really like each other, they, you know, do some stuff. And then next thing you know, we got baby shark to do to do 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 baby shark to do to do. Mr. Whitney then says that the more they know about sharks, the better they can uh, protect themselves from them. And Whitney says the birth of a shark is the beginning to understand the beginnings of a dangerous creature. And he then says for uh, Stein to not be surprised when legis- uh, like legislation is introduced to make sharks a bounty animal like wolves or a coyote. So like basically Whitney is trying to get this shark from Stein and tell him it'll be safer in his like controlled environment or otherwise he risks like having the shark hunted for money or whatever. Whitney excuses himself and tells him if he changes his mind, he knows where to find him. And then Stein like immediately agrees and says he'll be there Saturday, but he wants them all back within a week. And Whitney agrees and then says he needs four more white tip sharks before the end of the month. Stein gives a big sigh. Then he agrees. Whitney tells his men that he got the shark and it'll be there Saturday. And then they all laugh at the fact that the shark is named Matilda. So like, they're all just a bunch of assholes like these three. And then one of them comments, he wouldn't be surprised if all the sharks came out looking like Stein. (laughs) Oh, you're so funny, mister. And then Whitney and them go back and forth. And I guess these two guys are going to find like where Stein gets all the sharks from and then take care of him. So I guess they're planning on killing him. So yeah, see, all three of them assholes. Stein lifts a door in his floor and we see a shark swimming below and he starts having a conversation with it and says, like, what choice does he have with Matilda? And he's going to bring him something back real good to eat. Stein goes to a bar and there's windows where, like, a woman is swimming and dancing underwater, dressed in, like, super fancy bikini or swimwear. It's so fucking weird. I'm I'm sure you've seen this in other movies before, but it's just really, uh, it just feels really gross. Because it's in like the backwoods of like Florida or something. And it just these these people are so fucking skeezy. It's just yeah. For example, Whitney's two goons are in this bar as well. Like just totally objectifying this woman. Then some fat bastard in a red coat comes and sits beside Stein. And then the man complains about the money he spent on the tank. And says maybe he should have had them all like take their clothes off. And he walks off. And he's just such a skeezy uh, sack of shit. His name is Barney. He owns this bar. Sonny sits at the bar and he just stares into fucking space. Like no one told him to do anything during this quiet part in the scene. So he just like shut off. The woman who was performing comes in, uh, Karen, and the goons are like over enthusiastic about it. And one of them says like, he can't stand her. She's driving him crazy. Like, dude, just go rub one out in the bathroom and chill the fuck out. Like, if you don't want to be an awkward uh, jerk at the bar, then jerk off before you go. Maybe more than once, and then just, like, calm the fuck down. Just chill the fuck out, dude. A police officer comes to the bar and tells the bartender about a boat that washed up on shore. Obviously the one that Sonny had everybody killed on, because Sonny is just blankly staring at the fucking bar still. It's just like there's nothing going on in there. It's just so weird. And then after a while, he finally leaves, And then we see him outside at some trash bins and he grabs the bags out of them and then loads them into his van. We see the two goons leave the bar stumbling around and then they run into Karen, the performer, and then just start harassing her. But she manages to get in her car and drive away. And then Sonny is watching this go down and then he sees the two goons get into their van and they start chasing her. And so Sonny loads up his van and drives off. And then now the goons are on the side of the road with the woman pinned to the ground. 
Sonny pulls over and tells him to let her go, but he like waits for a second before he finally does it, which was just really weird to me and just super uncomfortable. The goons call him Shark Boy, <laughs> oh, good one, and ask him if they wants to see how a real man does it. Yeah, gross. One of them offers Sonny a beer and he starts kicking the shit out of him. The other guy gets off the girl and starts attacking Sonny, but Sonny just like Patrick swayzes the shit out of these two assholes. For someone who looked like he was a robot trying to overcome like a moral conundrum, he can kick some serious fucking ass. One of the goons lays there while the other one runs off. Sonny says he's late, rushes the woman into his van and they drive off because her car is her car is like stuck in the sand and they can't get it out. But dude, like you're being super rapey right now. Like you just prevented a rape and like now you're being rapey. It's weird. It's a little weird. They pull up to his boat and she asks what they're doing there. And he says he needs to feed his friend. He'll be back in like 30 to 45 minutes. And obviously she's pretty pissed because he came in, save the day and was like, oh, go walk home in the middle of the night. They say it's the middle of the night. And when I'm saying the middle of the night, it's like if the middle of the night looked like fucking 630 a.m. Sonny says he has friends that depend on him and he loads his boat and she starts like just fucking chirping him, calling him a garbage collector. And then she asks again, where is he going? And she decides to go with him. So they get to the island. She stumbles off the boat in her fucking high heels and fucking bell bottom pants and says, uh, oh, I changed my mind. Bitch, it's too late. You're already on the island in his house. You can't decide you don't want to be there all of a sudden. Like, let him do his thing, and then you can go get a fucking ride home. She follows him inside, and he tells her to wait outside because she might not understand what he's doing. She notices he has a cut, and he takes his shirt off, and she plays nurse, and this is how baby sharks are made, really. Yeah, this is how it starts. He insists he is fine, and she sits down and asks him about his necklace, which is like a decorated shark tooth necklace. So it's like a shark tooth in a circle thing. I don't know how else to describe it. So one day he was diving a wreck and they, and they found some gold in the safe and he was hired by some salvage company or whatever. And then some people in the village heard about the discovery and they raided their camp and basically killed everyone. And so he was on the run. He came to a small inlet where we see some sharks swimming and then he gets in the water and just starts swimming away. Two men find him and start shooting. He dives under and sees a shark, but it just swims past him and attacks his attackers. And so do several other sharks, just leaving bloody water behind. And then Sonny keeps swimming, surrounded by sharks, but they don't attack him. He reaches shore and sees someone sitting up on a hill by a wooden shark carving. So Sonny walks up, collapses. The man opens a small chest and reveals the necklace and places it around Sonny's neck. And then Sonny narrates that the man told him the, in the inlet was special and he was there to make a sacrifice to the shark god because his people made their living off the sea. I'm okay, sure, we'll go with that. And by Sonny swimming with the sharks, he became a member of the shark clan. And wherever he goes, he'll have little sharky friends. So basically, Sonny is, he's Aquaman. Sonny is Aquaman. He's got the blonde hair, like the original Aquaman, so... I don't know, I've never seen Sonny and Aquaman in the same room. That's all I'm saying. So after he tells uh, Karen this story, he excitedly like drags her to the fucking feeding hole and says she never needs to be afraid of sharks while he's around and tells her sharks are misunderstood and he's not crazy. One of those things is true. Sharks are misunderstood. He might be a little bit crazy. He gets down to swim shorts and gets in the water with the sharks as she watches 
And then Sonny and Matilda just swim in circles, like almost fucking dancing. Just weird, but yeah. But again, also kind of cool because, again, it's a dude with a real shark and they're swimming in circles. So good for them, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what else to say to that. Sonny eventually drives this girl home and she invites him in for a drink, but he says no. She goes inside and that fucking lard-ass Barney from earlier is there. And he was on the phone asking where she was and then accuses her of messing around. So these two are actually fucking married somehow. Oh, probably because he's, he has to be rich. He has to be. And so she tells him she was almost raped by his two friends and she wants them arrested. But he says they're two of his best customers. Fuck this guy. Fuck this piece of shit. So they go outside after she told her story and he gets in the water still smoking a cigar and he tries to convince her to start swimming nude and she says no. He invites her in but she goes to make a drink inside and he says it's safe because he had a special net made that sharks can't get in. And then suddenly he gets out of the water wobbling like a fucking penguin, goes inside and starts laughing saying he knows how he can make her act better and just laughs like a dickwad. Fuck this guy. God, I hate him. I, I really hope Matilda eats his fat ass. Now we're at the bar and uh, Karen and lard-ass Barney and Sonny are watching one of the sharks in the tank and Barney goes to pay Sonny for it, but Sonny says like he doesn't sell his sharks, they're not for sale and he was only doing this as a favor to Karen and he's not sure if he's really doing the right thing at all. So like Sonny's trying to protect these sharks as best he can, but he's also just like giving them up to anybody who approaches him. Sonny's not too fucking bright, I'll say that. Barney assures Sonny that they'll take good care of his shark, and then he hands him a piece of paper that's a bill of sale and says, oh, I just need it for insurance purposes. It's all for show. And, you know, he can take the shark back whenever he wants. Oh, Sonny, you stupid fuck. And he signs it. Why? Why, why, why would you trust this sack of shit? Karen walks Sonny out as he's about to drive away and gives him a big wet kiss. She goes inside and tells him he said to be good to a shark, basically making fun of him. So she's in on this. So she's really starting to show her true colors now. Sonny is in a research facility walking with Mr. Whitney and Sonny goes to say goodbye to Matilda. So I guess he's handed it over to Mr. Whitney now and whatever. Again, this guy is just like fucking his fucking fuck. He's not fucking the sharks. <laughs> he's handing out his fucking sharks like they're candy. It's insane. Back at the bar, uh, fucking lard-ass Barney shows Karen that he has, like, some high-frequency device set up in the pool, and it's basically just to, like, get the shark going and make it move faster or get it excited. Basically just being an asshole. And then he reassures Karen that the divider that they have in the tank is secure. That's what they said to uh, Sean Connery and Thunderball. If you want to hear more about that story, you can listen to uh, my episode in Patreon, some of my favorite shark scenes, where I go into a little bit more detail on that one. Shameless plug. Sonny drives up to a marina and starts hassling some guy who has a shark strung up. And I think it was one of Sonny's. And he points out that the shark wasn't caught and it was shot with a harpoon gun. And then Sonny makes the guy talk and he says he bought the shark for 20 bucks from a couple of guys who have a whole lot of them. So I'm pretty sure he's referring to uh, fucking dumb and dumber Whitney's goons. The fisherman tells him that they had dead sharks all over the place and Sonny starts interrogating this guy some more and that's when he realizes who it is. So he leaves and the fisherman starts like going off about Sonny saying like, hey, that guy was crazy. He should be locked up. And then he starts posing with the dead fucking shark again. 
And then next we're with some diver as he hunts down a shark, and this is where he kills it as warned, and this does look like a real kill, unfortunately. The diver comes back up on the boat, and we do see it's one of the goons, and this boat is filled with dead sharks. And they start joking, like, oh, if Sonny knew, he'd have a fit. <laughs> and then one of them continues to shoot sharks in the water. We see Sonny swimming underwater towards the boat, and he sees the dead shark on the bottom. One of the goons tells the other one to go down and get the shark he killed because it's too heavy for him. The goon dives in, and Sonny gets on the boat. The man spots him, and Sonny spears him in the fucking head. He dives back into the water, swims with some sharks for a while, what seems like a really long fucking time. And then two guys on a dock see the goon's boat coming in. And then we see this bigger goon is being dragged with a fish hook in his mouth. And the boat crashes into the dock. And then the other goon is fucking hanging upside down on the boat. Amazing. Probably one of my favorite parts because these two definitely deserve to fucking die. At Barney's Bar, he introduces the new act with Karen and the shark swimming together. Sonny is there watching. And then Barney starts fiddling with his high-frequency shit. Sonny sees something is wrong with the shark, and he flips the fuck out. He sees Barney fiddling with the device, and they start fighting over the machine. Sonny starts choking Barney. Karen comes in and separates them. Sonny screams, he's killing my shark! And then Barney says he has a bill of sale. Fucking Sonny, Jesus fucking Christ, I told you. Karen drags Sonny outside, and then she just starts, like, tearing Sonny apart, saying, like, oh, you're nothing but a garbage collector, and just being real fucking rude. And he says he'll be back for a shark tomorrow, and she says, oh, we'll call the cops if you ever step foot on this property. Again, so she's really showing, you know, where her, uh loyalty lies. Sonny goes to the research lab and finds Dr. Whitney, and he tells Whitney that he wants to take Matilda home. And then Whitney seems really freaked out by this, and then he's covering some door in his office. Sonny pushes him out of the way, and behind the door, we see they have killed Matilda and her baby sharks. Baby shark doo 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 baby shark doo doo. Whitney finds some man feeding sharks and asks, like, where the other two goons are and says, like, they haven't uh, returned yet and they were supposed to be back hours ago. Sonny finds them. He grabs Whitney, throws him into the shark tank, and Whitney is attacked and, like, eaten by the sharks, filling the tank with fucking blood. Whitney's dead. Fuck that piece of shit. Barney takes a dip in his super safe, shark-proof, netted-off beach swimming area, and we see Sonny pop up and then go back down and he cuts a hole in the netting and pops up surprising Barney. Barney keeps asking him what he wants, but Sonny doesn't say anything. And Barney just starts saying like, oh, okay, you can have your shark back. It was all just a big joke. Oh, <laughs> just a big joke. So a shark enters the swim area and starts gobbling up Barney and it swims away. Fuck yeah, Barney's dead. I just love that everybody in this movie is getting their comeuppance because they're such shitty fucking people. Sonny is back at the bar, sitting there like a fucking robot zombie again. He finally gets up and sneaks to the tank holding the shark, and he cuts a hole in the protective plastic barrier. And now there's some other man introducing the act with Karen and the shark, and he is taking his sweet fucking time doing it. And they finally open the curtains, and we just see Karen is screaming against the glass as the shark is biting her leg. Everyone rushes out of the bar as the two cops draw their gun and start chasing Sonny. So I guess everybody fucking knows that Sonny was doing it. And then Sonny was like yelling at everybody for uh, to like not put a bounty on the sharks. 
Sonny broke. He's broken now. <laughs> he's he's a broken man. A bunch of people started chasing Sonny. He jumps into the water and starts swimming away as the cops fire at him. He swims up to a boat and pulls one of the passengers off and a shark gets him. The wind is blowing like crazy at this point because there's a fucking hurricane coming as well. Sonny swims to shore and starts running. A boat full of cops pull up. One of them shoots Sonny in the leg. Sonny gets inside the house, stumbles around. The cops are outside trying to get in. Sonny opens his feeding hole and finds uh, one of his sharks, Sammy, who I guess was the father to Matilda's babies. And he starts telling Sammy to kill all he can, and he doesn't know when he'll see him again. A cop comes in, and Sonny throws him into the hole. He knocks the other cop out. A whole posse of people start entering his house. He tells them not to move, and he draws a gun on them. Stein says he didn't want to kill anyone, but they were killing his sharks, and they deserve to die. Which, he's not wrong. And then he starts crying, saying he's so tired. And he drops into the hole, and is attacked by the shark and killed as the cop and posse watch. The cop asks one of the men, why would the shark kill him now after all this time? The camera pans down and we see Sonny had ripped the necklace off and roll credits. So right off the bat, we'll get the cons out of the way. They killed real sharks. Not cool. But again, this movie's from 1976, so it's hard to... It was a different time. It doesn't make it right, but it is what it is. But some of the things that we can appreciate about this is... Uh, they used real sharks. There was a lot of underwater photography, which was cool. I was super happy when Barney died. Fuck that guy. And so in the plot description, it says Sonny has like a psychic connection with the sharks. And I guess they sort of show that a little bit. But I do remember uh, when we were watching this the first time, I we guessed that, but we kind of had to put the pieces together ourselves because it's not really said out loud and not that it needs to be said out loud but it wasn't very clear it wasn't super clear to us but i guess uh sunny can talk to sharks psychically so in place of poster expectations i'm gonna give this a rating on letterbox and i i'm gonna start doing this for just the retro november one since i'm not really gonna do the poster expectations um so out of five i'm giving this one a 2.5 it would be higher if they didn't kill real sharks. That's the only thing that's drawing this movie down. If you can get over that fact and understand that it was a different time and just appreciate the movie for everything else that it is, then I do recommend watching it. It is a good time. It is kind of silly. I think a lot of the trivia and process of how it was made is really interesting as well. And yeah, it's really cool to watch a movie that came out because of the success of Jaws, but was conceived before Jaws was a thing. So, yeah, that was kind of cool. And uh, check out some of uh, William Greffe's other movies. He's uh, kind of a weird dude. But, uh, yeah, that was Mako, The Jaws of Death from 1976. As always, you guys can follow me on all of the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, slash, or TikTok, all at Bucket of Chum Podcast bucketofchumpodcast.com for more stuff and we have a patreon patreon.com forward slash bucket of chum doing new stuff there every month so go ahead and check that out and i will see you guys next week for another episode of retro november for bucket of chum <laughs>
Are you crafty? Do you care about the environment? Then you should check out Crafty Star Studio. Owned and operated by Lisa Gorman, Crafty Star sells products that have the planet in mind. The products are made from materials that are reused, compostable, or recyclable. Go to craftystarstudio.ca and check out the amazing selection of products today and support a small business that supports saving the planet.